You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC, presented by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you on today's show. We're talking all things Ole Miss Rebels ahead of Ole Miss and their spring game this weekend, the Grove Bowl. Ole Miss beat writer from the Clarion Ledger, Nick Suss, is going to join us. We'll talk all things Ole Miss with him. Also, uh, talk a little bit about Ole Miss baseball. They got a uh, big series coming up this weekend against LSU that they need to bounce back in a big way from after dropping series the last few weeks against Florida and Arkansas and Mississippi State. Rebels need to win two out of three, if not sweep LSU this weekend. And Ole Miss Hoops picking up a big-time five-star forward from Duke. We'll discuss that as well. I'm Chris Gordy. A reminder to subscribe or follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're here for you five days a week talking all things SEC and particularly a lot on SEC spring football as we've got several more spring games happening this weekend. Ole Miss, one of them. Let's jump right into it with our buddy Nick Suss from the Clarion Ledger. Join us now. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Uh, of course, you cover all things Ole Miss. Also, the uh, a, a true lover of the band Weezer and Oatmeal Raisin Cookies. I always feel like I need to get those in there just so people know who you are and where you're coming from. Uh, was literally listening to a Weezer song and eating <laughs> chocolate-covered raisins when you called. <laughs> Perfect. So it's not, just a, it's not just a cliche. It is who you are. Uh, let's jump into it, Nick. A lot of Ole Miss fans excited for the uh, the spring game coming up this weekend. Lane Kiffin and the Rebels will host their uh, first spring scrimmage 4 p.m. this Saturday at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Sounds like it'll be first-team offense versus first-team defense and vice versa with the second team. How do you think the uh, spring game is going to look on Saturday? I would honestly be stunned if it wasn't a very defensive spring game, which I think a lot of people who – don't pay close attention to Ole Miss in the spring would be stunned to hear, given that the offense was number three in the country last year and the defense was the second worst in the country last year. But Ole Miss has really, really battled a lot of injuries this spring on offense, especially at the skill positions. And battled is probably the wrong word. They've just not bothered trying to force guys back at spring. They don't want to make injuries worse. So they've played a plurality if not a majority of this spring without guys like Jerry Ely and uh, Henry Parrish at running back, Dontaria Drummond, Jonathan Mingo, and Braylon Sanders at receiver, Casey Kelly and Hudson Wolf at tight end. Their starting center, Ben Brown, a three-year starter, has missed time. There's a ton of guys who just haven't been out there. Meanwhile, the defense has done a pretty good job of staying healthy and gelling together, and they brought in if I'm not mistaken, 10 early enrollees on a defense that only lost one player total off of last year's team. So they just have so, so many bodies, and they've done a good job of staying healthy and keeping everybody out there. So on on a matter of depth and ability and just options out there, I wouldn't be stunned to see the defense really, really dominate the offense because I've been to two scrimmages so far this spring. And in 30 drives, I've seen three touchdowns. <laughs> well, we'll get back more to uh, the the football, uh, actual football in just a second. But there was no Grove Bowl last year. Limited fan capacity throughout last football season. What can we expect uh, fan capacity-wise for this weekend spring game? Uh, they're going to shoot for 100, 
we'll see if 66,000 people choose to come to a spring game because that's always what you're curious about is do people want to come all the way to Oxford to watch a glorified practice? We shall see. Um, but if the indications based off of what we saw last weekend at spring games at places like Alabama and Georgia and LSU were like combined with what we've seen the last two weekends in Oxford and Starkville with baseball, where both teams have hosted weekends where 33,000 plus people showed up over the course of three days. Um, people are thirsty for live sports in Mississippi. So I would not be stunned to see a stadium that fits 30 or 40,000 people uh, for the Grove Bowl just because people are excited. People that missed all of last year or who missed last year's spring game or any of that stuff uh, will have the opportunity to see it. And, and I mean, Lane Kiffin and his staff are really marketing this as such. If you want to look at the hashtag party in the sip, <laughs> you'll see a, you'll see a ton of promo for this. They really try. They really are trying to market this as football is back. Sports are back. We're back. I don't want to delve too far into the science world, Nick, but uh, I mean, it seems like vaccine distribution continues to, to go the right route. And I mean, are you hopeful? I know they haven't made an, a full announcement yet, but are, are you hopeful that, or, or expectations that we're going to have full football stadiums in the fall? I think that if the stadium capacity regulations are once again left up to the states, then yes, that will happen because it will be an arms race of Texas and Mississippi are already opened. And if Louisiana and Alabama see that Mississippi is open and they see that things are happening safely, then they will uh, follow course. The, the question becomes on if this becomes a conference ruling or an NCAA ruling, if things will be treated differently, because obviously things with the NCAA or things with the conferences are always going to be a little more complicated because there are a lot more factors involved. But since last year, everything was decided by local city and state ordinances. I bet that will be the case again this year. And if that is the case, I would be a little shocked, especially in Mississippi, to see anything short of 100%. We've had our fair share the last 12 months of uh, quarantining, social distancing, and all that. Just from a, a human perspective, was it just surreal and odd to be in a, a packed Swayze field and seeing fans and, and being around people again? I've told the story before, so I hope it hasn't been on your podcast before, but I went on... I went to the first uh, FBS game of the year back in August when Southern Miss played South Alabama, and I had barely left my apartment, let alone left Oxford up to that point. And I drove down to Hattiesburg, and about an hour before kickoff, I saw these two kids who couldn't have been older than 18, 19 years old high-fiving each other. And, and from up in the press box, I actually yelled, No! And, and everybody looks at me, they're like, what's wrong? I was like, they touched! <laughs> and so the the difference between then and then, I guess two weeks ago now, when Arkansas came to town for baseball, and uh, it's 10,000-plus for three straight games, 11,000-plus for both legs of a doubleheader on Saturday, and I'm seeing people packed together, and I'm seeing, shall we say, light mask usage. I, I think the... The per thousand people there would be a, a, a decimal in front of it. It wasn't very 
good if you are still somebody who supports mask wearing, but it still is something that's awe-inspiring in a way. The the confidence that these people have and the joy that they're sharing, it's, it is elevating in a way to see that many people sharing joy again. Because at the end of the day, I don't watch sports the way most people do. You, you know me well enough to know I'm not rooting for a team. I'm not rooting for a player. I like experience. I like being in the moment. And the experiential joy of seeing 10,000 Ole Miss fans or 10,000 Mississippi State fans has been reward enough after going on 14 months of the rigor that we've all been through. More with Nick Suss right after this. RockAuto.com. Look, you guys are going to be hitting the road this summer, taking a family vacation, Memorial Day weekend, whatever. You want to make sure your car is in tip-top shape. And there may just be something minute that you need to replace, whether it's windshield wipers or a taillight or a turn signal, whatever it is. It's something that you can replace on your own, and it's something that you can get delivered directly to your door from rockauto.com. They've got everything you need uh, right there on their website, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door at rockauto.com catalog is unique. Very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck, and you choose from the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. The best of all, those prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your vehicle. Make sure you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need. They are rockauto.com. Go get what you need right now ahead of those summer trips. Hey, this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. You can get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to Locked On NFL on their YouTube page and watch their live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Continue our conversation with our buddy Nick Suss, uh, Ole Miss beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Uh, when we get back into football, Nick, we'll have the uh, spring game this weekend for Ole Miss, the Grove Bowl. Let's start with quarterback. Obviously, a lot of offseason buzz surrounding Matt Corral. He had some really solid moments last year as the Rebels QB. You could argue it's basically between him and JT Daniels on who's going to be that first team SEC quarterback at media days in a few weeks, but what are you expecting out of Matt Corral this year? Yeah, Matt Corral's going to be such a fascinating case study this year because he was almost too good last year to be getting the sort of Heisman hype that somebody who was as good as he was in the SEC would merit. If you go through the numbers, I, I know that sounds insane, but if you look at every single Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in the history of college football, and you break it down by passing yards, passing touchdowns, yards per pass attempt, and passer efficiency rating. Only one ever has had a better mark in even one of those stats the year before they won their trophy, and that was Baker Mayfield. That's that's how good, how high pedigree Corral was last year. He's only the fourth SEC quarterback in history to lead the nation in total offense for a single season. 
joining Rex Grossman, Johnny Manziel, and an Auburn quarterback from the 60s, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment. He was really, really good. So the the expectations are clearly high, but you lose Kenny Yeboah, you lose Elijah Moore, you start to wonder who's going to be his number one target, or if this team is going to be a little bit more run-focused than it was last year with Jerry Ely and Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish all coming back. I still think Corral's going to be the focal point of this offense, and I wouldn't be stunned to see him get some second-team, third-team, honorable mention, preseason All-America type hype just because of how good he was last year. But the big question is, Lane Kiffin has very rarely ever run the same offense two years in a row. He is not a guy who has a scheme and sticks to it. So if Kiffin looks out and says, we don't have an Elijah Moore this year. We don't have a Kenny Yaboa this year. Our best bet is to try and beat people with the run. Will Corral be able to sling the ball around the way he did last year? I don't know yet. And that's something I'm really excited to see in the fall. That, that was going to be my next question about the run game. I mean, I think, you know, we don't overlook the run game from last year, but let's just say maybe underrated how good they were with Jerry and Ely and at Snoop Connor and, and company. I mean, could we see a more... I don't want to say more balanced because they were balanced at times last year, but the, to your point, I mean, maybe a little bit more run-oriented offense this year? That's the funny thing about last year's team. They led the SEC in rushing yards right. per game. <laughs> <laughs> they were, by for most purposes, a run-first team. I think they ran the ball almost 60% of the time, maybe more. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be stunned to see them be more of a run-oriented team this year that tries to have more formations where you have the misdirection of multiple running backs on the field. And I also wouldn't be stunned, and maybe this is me having wishful thinking as a football fan wanting to see this, but I wouldn't be stunned if Jerry Ely or Henry Parrish ends up taking that Elijah Moore role and being more of a slot motion guy as a jet sweep back with Snoop Connor or the other one who isn't doing the jet sweep as more of a pistol back or a tailback just to get more variety and more complication in this offense. I, I haven't seen that so far this spring because the bodies have been so limited, but with how many running backs they have and just how gifted all of them are in different ways, I wouldn't be stunned to see this be a run-oriented team that takes a running approach that maybe we haven't seen in the SEC since the peak of the early Malzahn era at Auburn when they were throwing so many different types of rushing attacks at you. I wouldn't be stunned to see something that looks like that maybe hybridized with the Alabama teams that Kiffin coached where they had a Derrick Henry as your power back and a Kenyon Drake as your third down back and... I'm blanking on who the third guy was, but they did have a third running back who was more of your pass catcher. Um, I think that would be a fun fun comparison for this Ole Miss team. Uh, Nick, a big focus this offseason. Obviously, you mentioned it earlier, the, the defense. Um, I, maybe god-awful last year. Maybe that's too strong a term, but uh, many would say, man, if they could just be somewhat average this year on defense, then Ole Miss could have a chance to win some more games. It's been a lot of buzz on uh, the freshman four-star DB, Tyseem Johnson. Is that a guy yeah. who can be a real difference maker defensively, you think? Yeah, I think he can. But I think that the the biggest difference that will be super evident for this Ole Miss defense this year is just numbers. Because uh, not to re-legislate the past, but this was a team that even as recently as last year was still 
still feeling the issues of lack of depth brought on by the NCAA probation from three and four years ago. Their junior and senior classes last year still had virtually no depth at the margins, and what that meant was secondary and defensive line help was non-existent to a point that last season they had to move running back Tylen Knight and wide receiver Miles Battle to cornerback when COVID hit. And those guys are still there. They ended up being good defensive players, but now you have those guys there and all of last year's starters back, 10 out of 11 starters on defense. And they signed, I think, 14 defensive players in this year's recruiting class, many of whom were four-stars, including a four-star defensive tackle, Taiwan Malone, who was a top 100 prospect. And then you alluded to Taishin Johnson, who's one of three four-star defensive backs they signed in this class. They also signed the top two junior college defensive linemen in the country this year. Uh, Just numbers on numbers alone, this isn't going to be a team that – oh, crap, somebody's hurt. Who can we possibly shove in there? It's going to be more of the, we, the Ole Miss has a true first string, a true second string, and maybe even a true third string, and can be more rotational, can be less gassed, and can actually uh, maybe make a difference and be that average team you're looking for. Because uh, to quote senior linebacker Jacquez Jones, we can't get no worse. <laughs> One more segment with Nick Suss right after this. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Look, football will be here before we know it. We got the NBA winding down regular season just a couple more weeks, and we're going to have NBA playoffs. You know, those take a while and a lot of games and a lot of action to bet on. They've got it all for you. MLB's underway, whether you're betting on the Astros, the Braves, the Marlins, whatever your team is. You can do it on a nightly basis, and that is at betonline.ag. They've even got you covered with award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head over to their website right now. You can do so on your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just got to use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. Hey, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Feature... Uh, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of your favorite team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 in the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Couple more for our buddy Nick Suss, Ole Miss beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Of course, uh, Ole Miss's spring game this weekend. Nick, I wanted to hit on a couple of the other sports at Ole Miss because, man, yeah. it feels like uh, there, there's so much going on with with every sport. Let's start with basketball. Uh, Five star forward from Duke, Jamin uh, Brakefield, just committed to Ole Miss. How big is that for this program? Yeah, next year's basketball team is going to be fascinating because I'm sure anyone who listens to your show knows. 
college basketball, the transfer portal is the only story that matters right now. And that every <laughs> team is going to look completely different because of the transfer portal. I think Ole Miss lost six players to the transfer portal this offseason. Wow. They've replaced them with three new players in the portal and uh, four freshmen uh, that they've brought in including Brakefield, who had he come to Ole Miss out of high school, like he considered he would have been the highest-rated signee in Ole Miss basketball history. They brought in the actual highest-rated signee in Ole Miss basketball history, a fringe four- or five-star point guard from Jackson named Deshaun Ruffin. And they have this entirely new cast of people that comes a year after they brought in, I think, four players from the transfer portal last year two of whom re-entered the transfer portal this year, it's getting hard to keep track of who is on what team. But the very short version of what to look for is this is a team that's losing three starters, uh, two to the NBA, one to the transfer portal, and they need to find experience because the four returning players they had on this team, two were starters but weren't uh, the leaders of the team, and two were uh, pretty talented backup forwards and that's all they had returning so they need to find a new point guard they need to find new starters at both forward positions and they need to find any quality depth yeah, ty, and that's going to be tough ty fagan coming over from georgia and i see yeah. brooks from miami and one of my favorite players in the sec this year Jar- jarkel joiner coming back i mean it, it it really is like we say it almost jokingly but the SEC network is going to need a get to know next year's SEC teams because it's it's complete roster overhaul across the entire conference. And I think that's going to happen pretty much every year until the rules change. I think that if you looked at the Final Four this year and looked at teams like Houston and especially Baylor, which ended up winning it all, they won it all by mining the transfer portal and bringing in quality one-year guys because – if you're a college basketball coach, yeah, you can recruit the way that John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski did for the last 10 years of bring in the best 18-year-olds for one year to try and win. But isn't it better if you're only going to get a guy for one year to get a guy who's 22? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go get the, the guy who's already played three years of college basketball instead of get the guy who's going to be one and done. Because if you got a guy who's one and done, it's more important to win the games than it is to have guys who are going to be on the NBA next year. Last thing, Nick, uh, high hopes this year for Ole Miss baseball. They've been ranked uh, in the top 10, I guess, what, almost the entire season. But these last few weeks, brutally tough, uh, with losing to Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi State, all ranked teams. And now they host ailing LSU this week. What have you seen out of this Ole Miss team battling, fighting, playing well but just losing two out of three these past couple weeks. Yeah, I, I, I identified this stretch at the beginning of the season as the yank on your collar like Rodney Dangerfield stretch of the season because <laughs> there's there's no way that you're going to win three straight series against, I believe, Florida was preseason number one, Arkansas was preseason number seven, and State was preseason number five or something like that. These are great, great teams who have Arkansas, arguably the best team in the country, Mississippi State, lost a three-game series to Arkansas, so that's the only reason they can't say they're arguably the best team in the country. (sighs) Ole Miss is a really good offense. I I think you go through, they've played 15 SEC games so far, you're at the midpoint, and they're hitting 333 with runners in scoring position, and they're hitting something absurd like 621 with runners on third and less than two outs against SEC pitching. This is an offense that is 
absolutely phenomenal, leading the SEC in singles and singles per game, averaging 7.2 runs per game in SEC play, just absolutely knocking the snot out of the ball without having to be a home run hitting team. And then you have two starting pitchers in Gunnar Hoagland and Doug McKaysey, who both have sub one whips and Doug's got like a 1.2 ERA. Gunnar's got, I think like a two, two, eight and a second in the country in strikeouts. Yet this is a team that's lost six out of nine in SEC play because the big question is, where's your bullpen? And you go back to the first uh, first week of the season when they swept a tournament in Texas and were ranked number one in the country because they beat in Texas, Texas Tech, and TCU. That happened on the back of a weekend where they threw 14 bullpen innings and allowed one run and struck out 20 batters. Now, over the last two SEC weekends, their bullpen has a 15.88 ERA. That's just a staggering turn of events for a team that has a potential All-America closer in Taylor Broadway. He's doing his job, but numbers two through seven in the bullpen are all scuffling right now. And maybe you fix that against an LSU team that has seemed to define scuffle this season, and then you get back on track. You have a couple of series that might be more winnable with a&M and South Carolina and Georgia coming up and then well Vanderbilt's on the schedule so you'll see how that goes but maybe they can start turning things around but right now this is a team that has a genuine Omaha hope with its lineup and with its starting pitching but the bullpen is holding it back a little bit. I've uh, really enjoyed reading your stuff these last couple of weeks covering uh, covering Ole Miss baseball. You've got it covered to a T at clarionledger.com. Encourage anybody who is an Ole Miss fan or just a fan of uh, the SEC to go check out Nick's stuff there at clarionledger.com. Nick, can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, as always, keep up the great work, man. I'm always happy to chat, Chris. Let me know anytime I can help. Will do. Thanks so much, man. That's uh, Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger. Does a fantastic job. Uh, been been on the beat for a couple years now, covering all things Ole Miss. And uh, like I said, ClarionLedger.com for all of Nick's stuff. He does a uh, he does a fantastic job, and uh, nobody breaks it down better when it comes to Ole Miss. And we'll see what Lane Kiffin has up his sleeve this weekend with the spring game. You know, Nick I, Nick's a, Nick says Lane is going to be vanilla, and there won't be much with the offense, but. You know Lane's going to do – if they've got a packed stadium this weekend, he's going to dial up something special to get the fans all excited. I mean, it's a guy who made highlights last year throwing a clipboard in the air, right? He's a showman. Lane Kiffin is a, a circus master. He's, he's going to do something this weekend in the game to get everybody buzzed and excited. That's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. Appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to preview the Texas A&M Aggies with our buddy Billy Lucci to get you guys set for spring game with the Aggies coming up this weekend. Tennessee, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Wrapping up all the spring games this weekend. We'll discuss it all tomorrow on Locked on SEC. Subscribe at LockedOnSEC.com or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you guys tomorrow.